Welcome to Chatting About Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. I'm a professor, OD consultant, and change strategist, helping individuals and organizations experience life to the fullest and engaging in positive transformational change. In addition to this podcast, please check out my latest book, Embracing Resistance to Change, Facilitating Change Differently Through the Paradox of Resistance, available now through Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Welcome to another episode of Chatting About Change with Dr. Jim Maddox. Today I'm visiting with Will Peters, who is a friend, a high school teacher, a former council elder. He is um, a, 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 a dear colleague, dear friend I've gotten to know from um, being up around the Pine Ridge Reservation up in South Dakota. So I will, uh, I'll just let Will tell a little bit of his story and, and we're just going to have a, a great conversation. So, well, welcome, welcome to, uh, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Oh, the, fu- the, flute music, the flute music was beautiful. I, I should mention that you are a, a musician at heart. Um, right. I, I, I've, I still have your CD with your guitar playing and your singing. And I think that was with you and your son. Yes. And um, yeah. And then the flute music is just, it's just beautiful. So thank you for that, that introduction. So just tell the, tell the listeners a little bit of, of your background, a little of your story, and we'll just kind of let the conversation flow. Uh, first, uh, allow me to honor your students uh in in a real way uh as far as who i am now mitako epi trecha ena petu kile chante washte ana petchuza po misha washuchu ya will peters imacha piash la kolia khachonko luta uns pe wichakia imacha pi so what I said is, uh, hello, my young relatives. Um, today, with a good heart, I shake your hand. Um, my white man's name is Will Peters. My Lakota name means teacher of the Red Way. And yes, I do work at Pine Ridge High School. Um, but I'm a teacher of the Lakota way of life and everything that it encapsulates it. And uh, I, I'm very happy uh, and honored to, to be speaking to you young people, no matter how old you are, man. You know, as long as you're getting your education, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm all for that. I'm honored to speak to you and I'm proud of you. So walk as far as you can with this education. So, uh, you know, brother, if you got something to say, because um, if you set them up, you know I'll knock them down, man. So just just raise your fry bread grabber anytime you need to uh, interject something. <laughs> oh, no, I think that's just, so um, 
how how did you kind of get into teaching and what what's what kind of what what drives you in your in your passion to teach? Well, as we discussed earlier, uh, much like you, uh, the last thing I wanted to be was a teacher. I, I wanted to be something else. But when I went on my first, uh, uh, it's called the Hamletia, crying for a vision. It, it, it's a rite of uh, passage when a boy becomes a man. When I was 13, um, I stood on the hill, uh, went through the sweat lodge ceremony first, and then the, the spiritual uh, elders took me up the hill left me there for one night then two days so a total of uh, two days and three nights at the end of the third night i was brought back down and then taken into the sweat lodge again and uh the elders asked me uh what did you see they said meaning uh what kind of visions did you have and after I told them, they, they, they told me there are some things that uh, I, I can never speak about to anybody because Tunkashila uh, slash grandfather slash God sent me those things to see. And um, But there are other things I can tell people. So what I will tell you and, and, and your fine students is that at the age of 13, I saw myself as an old man and um, standing in front of uh, multitudes of young people of all different colors. And uh, I told them I didn't, I didn't know what to make of that, but that's what I saw. I saw other things too, that, that, um, like I said, some I can talk about, some I can't. And so uh, when I turned 16, uh, my mother passed away. I was a senior in high school, and, and it, it just took me on a terrible, horrible downward spiral because my grandmother also passed away. And those two women were the driving force in my life. You know, I'm, if I excelled at anything, it was, too, it, it was for this deep need to, to make them proud. You know, to make them proud. And I... Uh, my father also passed away, but I never knew what it was like to have a father. He was around. He just wasn't around us. Uh, depending on who's, who's talking about him, uh, said he was a mean, mean drunk. I guess that's why my mother had to raise nine of us by herself. But when he passed away, it was just another day. You know, I hate to sound so callous about it, but at a young age, you know, that's, it is what it is. You know, I didn't even cry. But um, so in the in this death of alcohol, drugs, and violence, and, and not knowing how to mourn, and, and trying to subscribe to that macho man theory of be a man, suck it up, real men don't cry, which is total BS, by the way. And um, my siblings sent for some elders who came after me and took me into the sweat lodge, talked to me in a real gentle way, and, and 
told me things that I should have known, but somehow forgot, you know, when uh, mom and grandma left. And uh, one of the things, it, it, it afforded me an opportunity to cry, to, to like really super cry hard where you have to catch your breath and what, what, what you call a good snot dripping cry, you know, for losing two such powerful women. And amongst our people, there's a ceremony called Hunkapi, which is the making of relatives. So about, about a half a year after my mother passed, on four different occasions, four different couples, older couples, came and got me. Uh, we went. I went through the ceremony with them, and they took me as a son. So I went from having no dad, no mom, to having four moms and four dads. And one of those couples gave me the Lakota name that I walk with even now. That Lakota name is which means teacher of the red way. Right? And um, I don't understand why they gave me a name like that. You know, they explained to me. Yeah, and, and they, but they, they explained to me that the red way uh, refers to the Lakota way of life, what we call the Lakota way of living. I didn't understand why I was given such a name. And I remember I was in, uh, I was doing a semester at Black Hill State College, which is, all, which is a university now. And um, we had a Native American club. I was in there with a bunch of older guys, um, Vietnam vets, you know, and uh, these are Vietnam vets who are just really keen on, on, on veterans' rights, you know, uh, and um, fighting for the support of the troops that people say, but don't do after they come home. And, and so we formed uh, what, what in, in local terms is called a drum group. Uh, it was just men sitting around a drum, singing for ceremonies and powwows and what have you, and, and, and being together, you know. And so um, we were concerned about uh, our culture kind of dissipating, you know. And so we wrote a, we wrote a proposal uh, and submitted it to different schools. Um, it was about... Uh, teaching young people, little, the little ones, about Lakota song and dance and, and, and the way we are or should be as Lakota people. While Loman School accepted the proposal, so now we needed an instructor. And so um, uh, I didn't carry much weight with the old guys when they decided to vote. You know, uh, And they all voted for me to do it. And when your elders uh, tell you to do something, the only response you can give is, huh, yes, I'll do it. So my first tools of education were uh, a drum, some drumsticks, a box of uh, ankle bells, and little shawls. And I'd go classroom to classroom and, and teach those things. And the school loved it. The community loved it. Um, and then when it came time to sit down with uh, teachers, 
and, and talk about what's going on with our young people, um, I, I was excluded by both uh, native and non-native educators. And they told me that, you know, um, yeah, you're just a paraprofessional. Um, we're certified educators. Uh, we have college educations. And, 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 and so I don't think you can, uh, your voice carries much weight in this circle, you know, at these meetings. I never went to a staff meeting after that. But before I left, I, I, I don't know if the Terminator coined the phrase or if it was me, but I said, wait, I'll be back. Came back about five or six years later with three college degrees and a certified uh, language instructor of the Lakota language by the state of South Dakota. Wow. Copied all my credentials, put them on the table. And I said, I have something to say. And, and, and that began, you know. And it wasn't until um, 2018 BC, before COVID, that I was writing Lakota words on the board. And I turned around and, and it instantly hit me. You know, instantly hit me. My, my life in retrospect. Started teaching at the age of 24. And in the meantime, also through my music, um, I, I had the distinct privilege and honor of speaking at many universities, colleges, and high schools, and, 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 and um, for churches. And um, when I turned around and looked at my, my own students in that classroom, all of that hit me. And an instant, real-time vision of all the young people I ever stood in in front of my life. They were all there. Just, just a diversity of students. And I was like, this was what I saw back then. This was why I was given that name. So um, the creator kind of took me out of the equation and just said, this is what you're going to do, my boy. And uh, I don't regret it. You know, I love my job. You know, I love my students. And uh, I'm sure you feel the same way about your students. And so on behalf of Brother Jim and I, I want to tell you students that we're grateful to you for giving us a purpose in this life. Were it not for you, there would be no us. If that makes any sense, brother. Wow, that's a really powerful perspective. Yeah, that's very humbling. So I know, I know one of the things you're really passionate about is is the youth and the and the youth on the reservation. So what what are um, what what do you see as some of the maybe some of the the triumphs? What are some of the success stories? What what do you see as some of the ongoing struggles? Um, what you know because I think that it's it's easy for mainstream America to to just pretend like reservation life doesn't exist that right that indigenous people are no longer with us it's um i know you were talking about that that like the you know the the things that the government how different times through the throughout our history they've tried to get rid of whether it's the people itself or the language the culture right um, 
time and time again, it's failed. And you're, and you're living proof that, that that's failed because you're, you're here, your language is here. Right. So, um, yeah, I'll speak briefly about, you know, exactly what that failure entails. You know, people want freedom. Um, but I think the people that are most ignored in society have the most freedom. You know, by, by not being enslaved by um, peer group pressure, especially the adults, you know, I mean, because you know how peer group pressure works, man. You know, if, if, if they're stuck in their political and, and religious ideologies, well, they don't want to be the outcast, so everybody just goes along, you know, like um, sheeple, as, as they say. You know, we don't have that, you know. I mean, uh, I feel free to criticize this country and, the ironic thing is I'm one person nobody can tell. If you don't like this country, leave it. I'll never leave it. My people were here first. You know, we were the first ones to fight for freedom in this country. And in the armed forces, the Native American people amongst the minorities ranked the highest percentage of people who just lining up. In spite of what this country has done to us, to continue to fight this country because it's ours. And all the people within it, they're our relatives. That's a Lakota Tan philosophy. You know, we end our prayers, we say, Oyase. That means we're all related. No matter our color, no matter how we pray, no matter what language we speak. So we have to hold true to that sacred teaching. So everything they did, um, and continue to do to hold us down, to get rid of us, it always falls by the wayside, you know. Speaks of a government that just can't get the job done, bro. It's just not happening, you know, uh, either by the intervention of the creator or whatever. I think this world will be a sad place without indigenous people. I believe even the cottonwoods would bend over and cry, you know, but... Um, <clears throat> I don't want to sound like I'm full of myself, but I'm full of myself as a Lakota every day. So you talked about the triumphs and the struggles. Let's let's talk about the struggles. You know, here uh, we're known as the Oglala Lakota, mistakenly known as the Sioux. We're one of the sub-tribes of the Titoma. Titoma Oyate mean people of the plains. We're part of this huge confederacy known as Ocheti Shakoi, seven council fires. But we of the Oglala Lakota reside in the poorest county uh, in the not-so-United States of adult dysfunctionalism. And therefore, we have the highest rate of teen suicide, many times the national average. The only ones that come in second place are the veterans, which is also a huge disgrace. And suicide is so prominent in this country today, you know, but especially uh, heart-wrenching when it happens to the young people. So why are young people doing it? Um, but no disrespect to anybody, when it started happening in, in my community, um, I was invited to speak at different community functions with uh, adults. But in a short time, I just, I refused to speak. And, you know, I'm often called upon to speak because I'm, uh, Proficient in both languages, they say. 
you know, I, I can speak in Lakota uh, and uh, yeah, and even though I speak in English, sometimes English speaking people don't understand me, you know, especially the ones who originated the language. But I wouldn't speak and uh, because I didn't see any young people there. I thought that took some nerve to talk about young people behind their backs, so to speak. And from what I did hear, you know, the tribal leaders, the, the clergymen, the, the, the medicine men, the counselors and all that, were just speculating about what they thought we should do. And when they asked me why I didn't speak, and I was told them, because there's no young people here. I said, get some young people here, and then I'll speak. So they invited a lot of schools, high schools, a lot of young people, and they said, would you speak now? And I said, of course. So when I spoke, I told them, um, I'm fulfilling my obligation to speak, but this is what I have to say, that I want the young people to speak instead. I came here to listen, you know, and, um, and I did listen, brother. I listened well. I learned from the young people. You know, that's how much their voice matters to me. Because they're like the mirror that stands in front of us as adults to show us, you know, are we a, being a good relative to them? Are we a good a, adult? Are we a hindrance to their overall situation? So through their teachings, I was able to compile a pretty... Um, substantial list of factors that contribute to uh, suicide ideations attempts and completions based on what the young people told me and uh, whether they accept it or not adults are largely responsible for not loving their students or their young people enough for not uh, accepting them for who they are you know, for bringing um, struggles onto them, you know, like, you know, just like a lot of the country uh, seems to love their guns more than they love their children. And, and people, wherever poverty is prominent, seems like the adults in those communities uh, love their addictions more than they love their young people. And it takes its toll on the young people. Young people happen to step in and doing the parenting duties, you know, uh, to their siblings, you know. Big brothers and sisters, man, just staying up all night guarding the door of their younger siblings during a raging house party so nobody will, will touch their younger siblings. A lot of resources that should belong to the young people are stolen by adults for their own selfish uses. And so, uh, yeah, uh, as a Lakota, as a human citizen, and even as a grandfather, uh, I see it as a spiritual obligation to our young people to, to advocate for them, you know. Um, even the ones that are, that society is scared of, the ones that are angry, you know, the gangsters, the hoodlums, the thugs, you know, 
they didn't get that way on their own. That's all learned behavior. You know, that's all having nobody, but maybe your homies, maybe your bros, you know, and people struggling to get through this thing called life as best as they can. But those folks need love. And I found out if, if you let them know, hey, I love you, man. I respect you. I care what happens to you. And, and, and instill within them that sense that they are never alone. It's never, that's never the case. It's never the case that nobody cares for you or that nobody loves you. You just haven't connected to the right grown-ups yet. So don't give up. You know, there's a lot of us out here. You know, we see you, we feel you. And so um, those were, uh, and still are in many cases, the struggles of uh, the young people, not only in my community, but everywhere across this land where there's uh, huge pockets of poverty. And, and so it does, it not only affects the so-called red people of the earth, but the black children, the white children, the yellow children, the brown children, it affects them all. And all of it, to me, um, is a national disgrace. And I also think it's a violation of uh, spiritual laws, no matter how you choose to pray. Um, there's a saying people used to say about, you know, get right, get right with God. You know, and uh, as, we, as I said before, I'm not a preacher, I'm a teacher. I'm just saying, I, I have the advantages of, of speaking from the hill of 61 years. You know, and um, <clears throat> uh, I've always felt that when it comes to the youth, that uh, as adults, we we would score very poorly. You know, we'd get the big F and that F won't mean fine. So we need to do better. We need to do better because they are our very legacy. You know, so we need to be careful. Um, the things we teach them. I, I think we need to let them know they're loved and they're supported and they're accepted. And those are the struggles, the triumphs are that um, for our Lakota nation, um, young people have the choice of, of, of education. You know, uh, we have, Oglala Lakota College, which is a nationally accredited college with one of the best nursing programs in the tri-state region. In fact, many people from um, many walks of life come to participate in our nursing program. You know, uh, some of our, a lot of our culture has come like a renaissance, if you will. You know, um, we have wild horse races, you know, and different rides to commemorate different um, ancestors of the past and uh we and we have hand games and one of the best triumphs i i i i can share is at my school uh while i was in a period of mourning and and, and music wasn't available to me because that music every time i heard it it, it hurt and i wouldn't speak in public anymore because i would just start crying you know this is when i lost my uh my, my daughter about five years ago and her name is on the missing and murdered indigenous woman website and um she was killed so that's another issue missing and murdered indigenous women you know it's a nationwide movement 
calling attention to the fact of what's going on in indigenous communities. But I was in such pain that I, I couldn't do anything because it hurt too much and, and the hurt continues. But one thing that was available to me was the flute. So every day I made it a point to pick it up because healing was important. I needed it, you know. And so that healing aspect of the flute helped me to get better, helped me to reconnect with my purpose in life, which is the young people. And the young people themselves possess a healing power so great they're not even aware of it. But it's, but it's all in what we call them, right? In our language, we don't have a word for children. So we call them wakayansha. And wakayansha means sacred beings. And wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if that's how we all viewed children, you know? Wow. Sacred beings that, that we, we, we would continuously watch how we act in front of them, watch what we say in front of them, and we would only give them the very best of who we are. Not all that funky stuff, not all those funky ideals we have and things that we we won't budge on, but the best of who we are, you know, the best qualities. Show them that. Teach them that. And, you know, I just, uh, they did, a, my students healed me, you know. I'm not completely healed, but um, I can function. You know, last February, I lost my oldest son and my students kind of gathered around me the way I got people to gather around them in their times of crisis, you know. So I started this mentor group called Kolakichie, um, which is Pine Ridge Flute Society, um, teaching young people how to love each other, uh, care for each other through ceremonial ways, but mostly through playing the flute and talking in good ways to support each other. And those students put out a, a, a CD, which ultimately led to them winning the NAMI Award. The NAMIs is like the Grammys. The NAMIs is an acronym for Native American Music Awards. It's a national uh, award acknowledging and rewarding the different genres of indigenous music. You know, I won a NAMI for my first CD. Um, and my category was contemporary Native American. But my students um, won that award for best flutist of the year, the youngest flutist to ever win that award to this date. And then, so yeah, we had the NAMI award sitting up in our trophy case up at the school. And we put out a second CD uh, called Seventh Generation Healing, where it's a concept thing, where it's a combination of spoken word and flute playing. But COVID hit after we recorded that, you know, and I didn't have time to promote it. But yet, uh, we still received a nomination for uh, for the NAMI for Best Flutist of the Year once again. So it appears we have a title to defend. And um, I, that, to me, that's a great triumph because it takes me out of the equation. Um, these things that the young people learned from me, they picked it up and they're taking it to a higher level. You know, so that's their success. That's their triumph. I played a small role in it. I'm just honored that they included me and, and allowed me to play with them, you know. But the flute is an individual type of a instrument. And uh, whatever you're feeling can come out, 
you know, and you can heal people with it, you know. Yeah, music is powerful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, and because of my grandpa status, this is my experience uh, when I was young. Um, there was a point where I just hung out with old people because hanging out with people my own age was too damn stressful, you know. You know, the things you had to do just to be accepted by, by your boys, man, you know. And uh, <clears throat> you didn't need to go through that with the elders. Back in the time, in my time, when we had elders, uh, that's why I just feel bad for young people. All they got is crabby old people. But um, I know there's loving elders out there, you know, who, who want to contribute, who, who, who catch that grandpa and grandma vibe, you know. But that was my experience is, is um, when I spoke to the elders, when I had questions, they never gave me no direct answer. They launched into a story, right? And if you listen carefully uh, within those stories, you receive your, an your answer and then a bunch of bonus knowledge that you didn't expect, you know, but that's, that's supposed to be the, the thing in life that happens as you get older, you you gain in woksape wisdom, and uh, that's all I want to be—is a good grandpa, a good uncle, you know. And it's a struggle here, you know, because a lot of our people don't know the language, they don't know the culture, they don't know the songs, and so yeah, they um, the the government was partially successful. A lot of them are assimilated. But being assimilated, they'll never be accepted, you know, because of the color of their skin. So they're lost. A lot of them are lost. Which is why we have such um, struggles with um, alcoholism, drug abuse, and violence, frankly, you know. And I believe that's, for whatever reason, that's happening across the country. Yeah, if people fought as hard as they fought for their guns, if they fought for our young people's right to exist, then I think we'll get on a better track. And I, I think this country as a whole has, uh, has lost its purpose and, and has made all of those things that they say make them great, has turned them into lies, you know. Yeah, there's no American dream. There's a bunch of the American nightmare. You know, yeah, there's liberty and justice, but not for all of us. You know, so it's a darn shame is what it is, brother, because so many great uh, political leaders in the past, you know, have tried to acknowledge everybody as a citizen with these inalienable rights. I honestly don't know where we're at now, but uh, I, I, I guess uh, it doesn't deter me one bit from this path I'm on, you know, and um, in spite of its struggles, man, you know, I, I don't want my students or my elders, especially now that I'm an elder, to ever remember me as someone who gave up. You know, 
And um, yeah, and I, I go, my wife and I and our family, we're such an extreme mournful pain. But we continue to uh, stand in our place amongst the Lakota people. We're still who we are. We still help people. You know, we still give of ourselves when uh, sometimes even when we don't feel like it. But, you know, that's love, brother. That's love. You know, yeah, love, will, love will, will just help you in all kinds of ways, you know. Love other things other than yourself. Love you, Love your people. Love your community, you know. Love them all. And um, it may sound corny, but that's what it is. Yeah, we, we need more people getting outside of their own self-absorption and recognizing the, the awesome power and responsibility that we have to our community, to those around us. Right. To the youth, to the young people, like you said, the sacred beings. You can either sit back and complain about things or be on Facebook all day just talking this smack and that smack, you know, um, or, or you can do something about it, you know. You can even cry about it and, and, and allow those tears to transform you into a person who's um, that, that gets into this problem-solving type of thinking, you know. So complaining doesn't fix things. You know, whining, moaning, being angry. Yeah, people want to stay in that frame of mind. And all they are is just contributing to the problem even more. They're part of the problem more than they are the solution. You know, and um, th this country is just really, really changed from my youth. My people have really, really changed from what we once were, you know. Um, that's why I refrain from running the rat race because I know only rats can win it, you know. Do you, do just, you, see, a, do you see a sense of, of, of hope from the young people that you, that you teach and mentor? Every day, every day, um, especially when you can um, um, not convince them so much, but help them to realize that they are capable of anything, you know. Um, in fact, we have, um, I have former graduates who have become doctors, you know, and who have become leaders in the community. And many of them still playing the flute as, as, as part of their, uh, their presentations, you know, or, or their introductions uh, to the people. So, uh, our people, uh, as far as the hopeful aspect goes, the young people are really beginning to get a strong sense of, uh, uh, of the value of having an education. You know, so um, I, I see hope every day, you know, and uh, if I didn't, it, it would break my heart. But I still wouldn't give up. You know, because uh, these young people are worth the effort, you know. But now, uh, at my age, 
many of my former students are now my allies, you know, and I'm their ally. And 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 together we keep working for the, for those better tomorrows, you know, and, and to instill that hope, you know. Uh, it ain't over till it's over, and uh, yeah, ain't nothing over yet. No, there's no reason to talk about giving up. Yeah, and where there's hopelessness, then you just insert hope and help people to understand that. You know, if that makes any sense, brother. No, it does. Yeah, it's um, just that the resiliency of the of the human spirit, and yeah, and and it's a and it's a it's a choice that we have to make each day. Like, do you? get up and go on and try to make make life better for yourself and those that you touch or do you want to give up you know do you want to contribute to a better world or do you want to contribute to a, a, a less healthy place to be a part of so we have right. a start it, start choice every day it, it is our choice you know i mean uh to, to reach out you know take that healthy risk and um instead of building the walls between us is to crash through those walls, shake hands, sit down, get to know each other. I mean, get down into the nitty gritty of what makes us all tick, you know, regardless of our ethnicity and how we conduct ourselves and all that, because there's a huge, huge opportunities that opportunity that our ancestors missed out on you know um my ancestors welcomed everybody with a handshake and and and, and that greeting you know they refer to them as mitakuyapi my relatives and as i shared when we end our prayers that's what we say mitakuya oyasi we're all related you know even though many of those ancestors that came here the original immigrants, you know, um, turned out to be bad relatives. No matter what they tried to do to, to what they call kill the man, save the child, you know, basically kill their culture. And, and uh, they'll become like us and they'll be all right. Even in spite of all that, we, we, we try very, very hard to maintain, maintain the spiritual laws of the, what we call the Chinupa Wakan, the sacred pipe. It's, it's a instrument of prayer, you know. So in our culture, we have a lot of instruments of prayer, instruments of healing, instruments of love, instruments of hope, inter instruments of um, bringing strength to ourselves and mostly to others, you know. But, I mean, to my relatives, you know, um, a lot of them break my heart, man. But, but I don't, uh, I don't give up loving them. You know, I don't. You know, and uh, I really value the ones that can understand. You know what I'm going through, uh, and, and they reciprocate because uh, they know I've been there. You know, when, when they needed me. You know, I don't ever. Uh, when somebody's heart's breaking or they lost somebody or 
they just need prayers or a song or something and they call upon me i'm there you know and um when we're all there for each other um it's a more beautiful obligation you know so i could probably just stand with anybody who's ever been down downtrodden by society or, or had pain inflicted upon them by the powers that be or, or this rule and that rule you know are the promises that doesn't extend to them you know um i'm not a champion of the underdog i'm not a martyr i just want to be a good relative to people you know so these young people their lives are are very valuable you know as i see them these sacred beings their lives are even more important than mine you know yeah i like to, you know we we talk about or you hear people say about our youth or our future mm -hmm. i agree with that but i also think there are present mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. And we can't lose sight of that. I will say, yeah, they're not the leaders of tomorrow. They're the leaders that are here right now. And they're very observant, you know. So help, help them, you know, and uh, help them to become not the kind of leader that, that you can manipulate or, or uh you scare tactics on about, you know, why uh, you keep this up, you're not going to be our leader or we're not going to vote for you. Help them to be a good leader so they can succeed, you know. And, and they'll be the kind of leaders that doesn't walk on top of their people or, or, or doesn't uh, walk in front of them. They'll be the kind of leaders that walk with their people, you know. And they say the very best leaders walk behind their people to ensure that they all they're all okay. If there's a destination, they're all going to get there. You know? So that's a reality for uh, those who are uh, surviving their struggles, you know, for those who want to make a difference, you know, but, and a positive difference, a long lasting difference. And uh, like I said, I'm 61, but I'm not tired of my job yet. You know, uh, I'm not old, but I see it coming. And uh, I'm up to the challenge of these very challenging times. You know, in spite of all the love I talk, all the goodness I talk, inside of this body still beats the heart of a warrior. You know? Yeah, we... we, we I'm I'm less than a year away from you at 60, and I think we've still got a lot of good years left in us. Oh heck yeah! I mean, if if, if our very being, our longevity depends upon the people we hang out with, man, we're hanging out with the coolest people in these classrooms. You know, we're we're, we're hanging out with with the very things that make us hopeful. The very things that inspire us. That's why I say, you know, I, I I let my students know, you know, how much that how much value they they have in my life, you know. 
because frankly, if I wasn't doing this job, I'd probably just be a crabby old man or something. You know, just one of those selfish old men, just wanting everything my way. Well, you know, this ain't Burger King, this life. You can't have everything your own way. So that's kind of an old reference. I hope the younger ones, it's not lost by you. Just just, just Google it, YouTube it, Burger King. Have it your way. Yeah. You can't always do that, man. That brings back a memory. Yeah. I can even reference the stones, man. You can't always get what you want. Yeah, man. But if you try sometime, you get what you need. What do you need? You know? That's awesome. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in the in the I'm gonna in the description of the podcast, I'm gonna put a link to some of your music. Sure. Sure. And for young people, um there's a song that um there's a couple songs that I, that I really like, man, that, that whenever I'm feeling down and all that stuff or whenever I want to get inspired to, uh, to uh, just connect more with the young people, right? Uh, I don't know if you have my second CD, Chill and Rest Style, but there's a song on there called I Know, right? And, and if you don't have it, you let me know. Um, I'll get you one. So there's that song. And there's another song by an artist named... Um, Jesse J, and it's called True to Yourself. We're in there, this young woman's talking about, you know, it's okay not to be okay. You know, she talks about losing her mind on a tiny error and all this stuff. Uh, and it's very cool. It's very cool. It lets people know, man, whatever you're feeling, man, that's okay. Because that's real. Don't try to suppress it. Don't try to hide it. You know, and um, for me as an indigenous person, one of the songs that really lifts me up is a song called uh, Something Inside So Strong, right? And I can't pronounce the name of the artist who, who, who brought it to prominency. This is probably back in the 60s or 70s even. But there's a cover by uh, a, a songstress known as Lyra, L-I-R-A. So um, that song just, just speaks to the indigenous heart. Our people of color who are struggling... And it's really um, through the song, through the lyrics, uh, is a picture, a peek into our soul, you know, of how we feel about things. I mean, we don't react to things the same way, you know. Uh, for example, yes, we feel bad that the elderly queen mother has passed away. We'll never forget that her and her husband uh, walked off with 10 indigenous children from a boarding school in Canada. Those children were never heard from again. Um, you, you don't know the effects of, of, the effects of uh, someone who is a colonizer. It's, uh, it's intergenerational trauma, you know, and, and people tell us to get over these things. They happened 100 years ago. Well, why do they still make me cry? How come there's been no uh, efforts to uh, get involved in reconciliation, you know? And, you know, it's it's just crazy. We just don't react to things the same way. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that people don't want to uh, embrace critical race theory. 
because they're speculating that uh, we don't want to make all the white kids feel guilty. No, man, I think the young generation will handle this. They'll, they'll learn some truths that they know um, of the mistakes that should never be repeated. I, I think it's the adults who uh, feel guilty. And that's, you know, don't feel guilty, man. You know, just bring out the best of your spiritual self and try to make things right. You know, but um, yeah. Like I said, I, I just see things in a different way, you know. And, and uh, I'm all about diversity. You know, I, I, I think diversity is beautiful, man. You know, I think there's so many, like I said, opportunities to learn. You know, if you're a musician, oh, there's a world of diversity, man. All kinds of music. Just fuse it in with your own, you know. I mean, I love sitting with guys that also know how to play guitar. And we do these old school jams. And I can fuse the flute right in there. You know, I played with the, with the Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota Symphony. Their, um, their wind quintet. And they play classical music, and I was vibing right there with the flute. And this Lakota with the flute found a place in that beautiful music, you know. I also played with their string quartet. And um, everything can gel, man, if, if we just let it gel. I mean, if, if we don't stay stuck in the mud, just spinning our tires, man, you know, we'll find some traction. You know, if we just... Man, take that chance, man. You know, pray about it. Infuse some love into it. And and, and your world is just going to be enhanced, you know. The music's a powerful bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so in, in my school, um, we uh, I, I have this program that, that I instituted called uh, uh, Learn to Earn. And once you learn it, what you're going to earn is a brand new flute. That's yours, man. You can walk out of here with that. And the same co concept is implied to uh, guitars. You know, I have so much flutes for my students. Um, what I'm hurting on is guitars, but I have enough to get through the year. And it's the same thing, man. You know, I mean, it, music is medicine, man. You know, pejuta, medicine. So um, I give my students the opportunity to learn to earn a guitar a flute you know and along with learning those things yeah and, and learning those things uh, we also learn how to express ourselves you know we also learn that how how, how poetry poetry can turn into songs you know and of course uh, i have the um the opportunities for the more traditional lakota music you know, the prayer songs, the honoring songs, um, social songs, and the sacred songs, all of them. So music, I mean, I, what Bob, what, what, what Uncle Bob Marley laid down, I picked it up when I was young, and, and he said it. He said, one good thing about music, when it hits, you feel no pain. All right? So, yeah, music is a big part of my life again, and I'm blessed. A big part of my teachings you know yeah i wish i could steal your students and they could be my students you'd have a blast students i mean i'm sure you have a blast with my brother they're gonna, they're gonna enjoy connecting with you and i'm gonna i'm gonna share share some links to your music with them yeah 
Yeah, and, and, and if we do connect uh, students, wayawapi, that's, a, that's the Lakota word for students. That's how I address my students, wayawapi, or I call them my young relatives. If we do connect, I want you to feel free, right? Uh, you know, feel free, share with me what you want. You know, I'm not a Facebook reporter. I won't put you on blast. I'll probably, I'll probably just burn some sage and say a prayer for you and give you the best of who I am to help you be strong, to let you know it's never the case of you ever being alone, you know? So, yeah, that's love, man. And love is a reality. Strong love. That's all we got. That's all we got. Well, this well, this is this has been a blessing to me. Thank you for sharing of your your time and your heart. Um, I, I I look forward to to uh, connecting with you in person next time I get up that way. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that'll be awesome, brother. You know, that'll be good. You know, I, I'm sorry that circumstances made it so that 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 we couldn't be together. But hey, I got to hang with your daughter and her husband, and yeah, really cool people. You did a good job with her. Yeah, yeah. She she had a she had a, a blast, and she thinks the world of you. So thank you for, yeah, for connecting with her too. So, well, your child is my child. You know. Well, thank you. My niece now. Thank uh, you, thank you. Well, yeah. I'm going to be respectful of your time, and um, I'll. Uh, I'll message you when this when this posts. I'll share it with you when it gets uh, when it gets uh, downloaded. Right. Well, I really want to thank you too, brother Matt, for for scheduling it today, because tomorrow the Broncos play, and I ain't got time for nothing after yeah. work, man. And then I got to go speak at Remember, and when that's done, yeah. So I don't know how the presentation at Remember is going to go. It depends on how it depends far on how we- the game goes. Yeah, it depends on how far game time is away. It might be, hello, have a good time. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Take care. Much love, brother. Uh, Love to you, too. Bye. Doksha. See you later. Bye. hope you've enjoyed listening to chatting about change with dr jim maddox if you want to connect more you can follow me on twitter instagram or facebook and at my website drjimmaddox.com thanks for listening